0: Hi, I'm Morgan Young, and welcome to The Good Table. I'm sure you saw the title of this before you decided to hang out with me today, so let me give you just a quick bit of my resume so this will all make sense. Through most of my 20s, I worked in restaurant management for either regional or national chains and even opened up two of them. I was also a branch manager for a Fortune 500 lending company and opened up one of their branch offices as well. And then five years ago, my wife, my beautiful wife, Sandra, and I, we, we totally lost our minds and let local entrepreneur Scott Pitcher talk us into opening up a coffee shop in downtown Kokomo. And so in just a couple of months, yes, literally, we dreamed up, planned out, and gave life to Main Street Cafe. And so, so there's always been a part of me that sees life through a business lens, which also, ironically, leads <laughs> to one of my pet peeves. Now, now, see if, if you've had this experience. You, you're driving downtown, you're driving wherever, and you see a small business popping up. It could be a restaurant, a retail, whatever. And as you're driving by, you say, oh, hey, that's new, that's cool. And then almost in the same breath, what do you say? Well, I wonder how long that will last. And then just to affirm this streak of cynicism you seem to have... About 12, 18 months later or so, you hear that it's going to close. And then you say something like, huh, well, I guess our downtown can't support another restaurant, or I guess our city's just not cool enough yet. And here we are. This is my pet peeve. Ready? It's when someone opens a business in Kokomo without having done a business plan. And so just FYI, for those of you listening that are outside the Kokomo area, our our city is about 57,000 people. It's the biggest city in a county of almost 83,000 people. So we are a fairly economically healthy, mid-sized Midwest city. And here's the backstory on a lot of these closings that you and I see. So often it's someone who's passionate, right? They're passionate about food. They're passionate it is about whatever they've opened up. Their friends affirm their passion. Their friends affirm that they're a great cook or a great expert or a great aficionado on whatever. And the person says at some point, they're they're like, hey, do you think I should open up my own place? And everybody says, heck, yeah. Nobody knows more about ferrets than you. You've been talking about this forever. You should totally open up Garrett's ferrets in Kokomo. And so off he goes. Off he goes with all the encouragement of his friends, his friends who've never opened their own business. And he takes his passion for ferret grooming and decides he's going to borrow enough money to transform that place where Genie's Weenie's Gourmet Hot Dogs used to be. You know, remember that place? He's going to transform that into his dream business. And along the way, someone tells him, they're like, hey, if you want Hank's bank to loan you the money, you're going to have to put together a business plan. They won't give you a loan without a business plan. And so Garrett puts together a business plan for the banker. He's not doing it for himself. He sees it more like an application. It's something he's doing as a means to an end to get the loan. So before he's done anything, to get this business off the ground. Before he's done anything, he's made a huge mistake because he viewed the business plan as the paperwork he needs to get a loan. And what he missed is everything a business plan is supposed to be, which is this dynamic, comprehensive plan for how his business will go from an idea to a real entity and how he will actually attract real paying customers into Garrett's Ferrets. But because Garrett just views a business plan as a necessary evil to obtaining the loan from Hank's bank, Garrett borrows just enough money to renovate Jeannie's Weenies, maybe buy a sign and buy that professional ferret grooming table that he needs to really make his business pop. And so finally, after spending almost all of his borrowed money on the renovation and equipment The day finally arrives. It's opening day, and the Chamber of Commerce and some really cool local dignitaries and a bunch of Garrett's friends show up for the ribbon cutting. And it is a really seriously cool picture. I mean, everybody's there. Garrett is smiling his face off because he did it. He made Garrett's Ferrets a reality. He has arrived. And he puts that super cool photo on social media, and a local newspaper runs a cool little story about it. And then for the next week, every friend that Garrett has comes in, even if he or she doesn't even own a ferret. And they comment about how cool the place looks, and they can't even envision that Jeannie's Weenies was ever even in this place. And one after another, they high-five Garrett, and they say, man, you did it. Way to go. But the truth is, so far... Garrett's only done part of it. And I might argue that what he's done so far is the easiest part of it. The other part is getting people in the door. It's getting the word out. And it's all while working at Garrett's Ferrets during the day and doing the books and paying the bills and problem, problem solving all kinds of unforeseen problems at night. And so over the next couple of weeks, the crowd of friends kind of trickles off. And every day, fewer and fewer friends stop in to say hi and wish Garrett well. And then about a month in, Garrett is in his shop waiting. He's waiting for the word-of-mouth effect to catch on. He's waiting for his Facebook and Instagram posts to really start having an impact but the truth is there's not a lot of money changing hands. People like you and me, we're driving by really just because we're curious and we live in the town and we just want to see what's going on. And honestly, as we drive by, it doesn't really look like there's a lot of ferret grooming going on. And now we're at the crux of my pet peeve, not to mention Garrett's frustration. Because here's the, here's the situation, and, and man, it is a common one. Garrett has a lot of passion, and he has great hands-on ferret grooming know-how. But what he doesn't have is the know-how to run a business and get paying customers through the door. Why? Because those things were not in his business plan. All he really had was a plan to get the doors open at Garrett's Ferret's. And this, man, this is my pet peeve. This is the huge mistake so many business owners make. Because they think, man, it's gonna be awesome. I am so passionate about this. I, I am great at this, in fact. And as soon as people see that I have a place, as soon as they see I have a legitimate business, the world, the word will get will get out and people will come. And this, my friends is what I call the build it and they will come myth. And that's called, at best, half of a business plan. So let me me share some basics that Garrett and most unsuccessful new business owners don't think through. Number one, it's this great question. Who is your target market? Oh, it's everybody. Everybody can benefit from what I'm doing. No, the target market for any business has never been everyone. But I'm opening up a restaurant and everybody loves to eat. Everybody. This is wrong again. Is your restaurant priced for people with a a little discretionary income or a lot of discretionary income? Does your menu appeal to blue collar types, white collar types, people who are health conscious, people with food allergies, people who live in a certain geographic area? How often does your customer eat out in a month? What does your customer care about? And man, I could go on and on with these kinds of questions to help you figure out who your target is. The truth is there's so much to figure out and know about the people that you expect to sell to. And figuring this out helps you know if your business will actually work in your town or in your part of town even. Then it helps you figure out how to market your unique customer. So number one, who is your target market? You need to know. You need to spend some serious time figuring that out because that is a critical part of your business plan. And so after you figured out who your target is, then the question is how many of that kind of person is out there? So number two, how many people in this area are in your target market? Another way to say that is, Yes, you've identified your passion, but is there a market in this area that matches your passion? You know, you've probably heard people say all the time, hey, just, just do what you're passionate about and you'll never work a day in your life. But the truth is, if there aren't enough people who are willing to part with their cash in exchange for your passionate product, you have a hobby and not a business. Let me say that again. It's not enough to know what you're passionate about. If there aren't enough people who are willing to lay down real cash in exchange for your passionate product, you have a hobby and not a business. So how many people in this area are in your target market? You need to know and you need to spend some serious time figuring that out. And that's part of your business plan. So number one, who's your target? Number two, how many of your target is out there? And number three, how are you going to reach your target market? Like, is your customer a newspaper reader? Do they listen to a certain radio station? Oh, well, I'm going to advertise on Q102 because they're like the biggest radio station in this area. Okay, right, but are those people your target? Because reaching the most of the wrong people won't help you. Yeah, but I'm going to do social media marketing. Okay, cool. But just so you know, there's way more to that than just posting cool pictures with witty taglines. Your current list of followers is probably not enough to make your business cash flow. There's more to social media marketing than just posting pictures and letting people know that your business is cool. Like if you don't know how to target your social media to reach your customer Well, then picture yourself putting your cool pictures in a random field and hoping the right people just amble by. So how are you going to reach your target market? You need to know. You need to spend some serious time figuring that out. And that's part of your business plan. So number one, who is your target market? Number two, how many people in this area are in your target market? Number three, how are you going to reach your target market? And number four, how much is it going to cost to turn your target into a customer? Like just because Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and whatever cool app is is free to use, that doesn't always mean that you can draw in enough of your target market to support your business without you spending money. I think, I think about this for a minute. Your competitors usually include regional or national chains. Are there any of those successful chains or even longtime standalones in your city that don't advertise, that don't spend money to advertise? Like, isn't it a bit of, of, of insanity and in thinking that they have to advertise, spend money to advertise, but you don't? Because word of mouth is just going to work for you? One of the ways to be successful is to observe what successful companies do. And successful companies figure out how to attract their customer to come through their doors and buy something. For successful companies, marketing is an expense just like rent and utilities. And this is where so many new businesses miss the boat. Because they borrowed enough money to get the doors open. They didn't borrow enough money to get enough of the right people through the doors. They didn't borrow enough money to bridge the gap from starting out to making their business cash flow. They didn't really do a business plan. They did half of one. And they're getting the results of half of a business plan. And this is one of the reasons why new businesses fail. And this is why you and I have to be cautious about saying things like see the downtown just can't support another business or you have to go to indianapolis to make that kind of business work and and i'm not saying doing a great business plan will guarantee success there's so much more to it than that but i can tell you that i have seen in our city way too many businesses fail And it was painfully clear that they had not figured out how to get their target market through their door. And just to give you something else to consider, sometimes it's not an advertising failure. Sometimes you have a business idea that your market can't support. Like just as an example, Let's say you have a a cute little adorable store and you're selling cards and trinkets and tchotchkes and these cute little things that nobody really needs. And so the question becomes, how many of these non-essential kind of low check average items do you have to sell a day to pay the rent, to pay the utilities, to pay the expenses, to pay your your advertising and pay yourself? Like, think about it. A cute little store like that, say in... uh, What, in Brown County, Indiana, or someplace like Saugatuck, Michigan, um, could get a ton of foot traffic. But that same kind of a store in a location like downtown Kokomo, wow. I mean, significantly less foot traffic, right? And, And it's cool. It's cool that you're passionate about that kind of a store. But is this market going to support your passion? Is there enough foot traffic? Or do you have a plan to generate enough foot traffic and if it fails if this business fails is it the downtown's fault that the business fails or could you have headed off this kind of failure in the process of doing a business plan before you ever sign a lease and just by the way doing your business plan first can help you figure out where you should sign a lease or even if you should sign a lease all right so here's something else to consider um And I mean, I just have to say, I am shocked to have seen the number of people who have decided to open up a restaurant or some type of bar who have never worked in that kind of business a day in their life, let alone having been even an entry-level manager in that kind of a business. Like being an amazing cook and an amazing host in your home, (laughs) listen, it is nothing like running your own restaurant or being the most knowledgeable person in your friend group about beer or wine or boutique cocktails, it is nothing like running some type of watering hole. One of the most amazing opportunities for a budding restaurant tour is to go work in a successful chain restaurant. Because think about this. You get paid to see how the pros do it. You get paid to learn how to train people. You get paid to see all of the systems that the big boys use. You get paid to see how they control costs and manage labor and on and on and on. And In this, this scenario, this is virtually true for nearly any business you could open in America. You could get paid to do your homework on opening your own business by working in the industry first and getting paid to learn from others success okay one last thought for you is your passion better as a hobby or as a profession let me say that again is your passion is it a better hobby or a better profession and just to call back that phrase from earlier Do what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. Listen, I have been so fortunate and blessed um, to earn a living doing things and in fields that I love. I'm a pastor at Oakbrook Church, and I'm a facilitator for Kokomo CEO, and I love, love, love all the things that I get to do. But listen to me. I have worked a heck of a lot of days of my life. And and, and follow me on this. This is so important. Something happens when you take a passion and you put financial expectations on it. Something happens when your passion has to compel people to give you enough money to pay the rent and pay employees. Like, I, I love to be creative. I love to write. I love to talk. That's why I do this podcast for Pete's sake. But when I have to creatively write a message for church next week, it changes things when there are deadlines and expectations attached to your passion. It changes things. And and I don't mean by any stretch that that's bad. I don't mean that it's not fun anymore, but me sitting down and writing just because I want to, just because I feel like expressing myself, it's not the same as writing with a deadline and knowing that hundreds of people will listen and judge my work Sunday morning. And I don't think hobbies, I don't think hobbies get enough positive press these days. Here, here's what I mean. I feel like one of the hardest questions for people to answer is when I say to them, Hey, what do you do for fun? What do you do that really like rejuvenates you? What do you do that just makes your soul feel better? Man, so many people don't have an answer for that. So maybe, like Garrett's ferrets, maybe it's a great side hustle. Maybe it's the thing that God gave him to be his soul replenisher. Maybe, Maybe it's enough that you're a great cook or a great bartender helping all your friends have a great time when you all get together. I mean, man, what a great gift is that? that you can share what you love to do and it makes everybody's collective experience better. Maybe your woodshop projects are a better form of therapy than a revenue stream. I mean, for a few years, I I had my uh, my little photography shingle out, and and it was it was ser- it was fun. I loved that it was a creative outlet for me. Um, I loved learning the skills and getting better at it. I loved working with the people. I loved that I didn't always have to take gigs if I was busy because I had like a real job going. I could turn it on and I could turn it off, and that was enough for me. It was fun, and and it, honestly, it paid for other fun things that I wanted to do. But I think my experience was that was so different than if that was my livelihood. Like, man, if I, man, I got to get gigs. I got to get enough photography gigs to pay the bills. And man, I got to sit in the chair this many hours, you know, editing and staring at the screen because I got to pay the bills. It's a different thing, right? So is your passion, is it a great soul filling hobby or is it a business idea? And listen if you think it is a business idea man i just want to encourage the heck out of you and and i want to tell you to man start working now on the best business plan you can Uh, or maybe even pick up a part-time job working in that field so that you can prevent a ton of future mistakes and learn from a successful company and hey I'll be glad to point you in the right direction on getting started with a business plan. If you have no idea where to get started, I can, I can show some people to you. I can point you in the right direction. Just let me know. I would love to help. All right. Ah, so that was my positive spin on one of my weird pet peeves in life. I hope this helped you. Or maybe it could help one of your friends who's tossing around the idea of opening up his or her own business. I'm Morgan Young. Thanks so much for being with me here at The Good Table.